happy day, but you don't get to boss me around. I'm, I'm not bossing around. I'm just saying hit record so that, you know, get yeah. this rousing you issue. Yourself, you know? No, you duck yourself. This is a lot of duck we got into this week. Oh, we did. And there's no duck in it. It's not a, when you're talking destroyer duck. It's uh, say uh, it's a lot of foul. It is. It is a lot of foul. It's a ducked up issue for sure. Fouled up, ducked up. It's all sorts of problems. It'll. It's quackers. I don't know if there's a lot of problems, but no. I mean, well, it came from problems, and they they turned a bad situation to a good situation. You know. Well, so. let's talk to the fans about what we're actually reading. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, I I, I kind of dropped it. I, I I dropped the title in there. I, I didn't bury the lead too much. You I did. said we're talking. I said we're talking Destroyer Duck. People don't know what uh, Destroyer Duck is. Probably they're like, I don't know what this is. I might. Well, have seen I didn't it know in a what dollar it is. bin. <laughs> it's one of the first Eclipse comics ever. Yeah. Um, it's or totally creator-owned independent ones, anyway. Yeah. Honestly, as a as as I started picking up stuff in my I say later later years, not when I was younger, but when I when I was younger, digging through boxes, I'd see these uh, Eclipse books, and I was like, "What are these?" Well, you know, they'd be they'd always be interesting, but they it wasn't something like I knew. But as I got older, I was like, "Oh man, these are these are always these are nice gems to find," and this is a definite gem. <laughs> Well, I think, too, with uh, when you're a kid, right, like you're programmed to know brands, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I same for me, right? It's like, oh, OK, um, image was a big change in that, right? Because it's like you have Marvel and DC. And then mm-hmm. when all those artists went at the same time, it's like, oh, wait, this isn't just an indie company. It's this image. Everybody you look at some of the early image stuff. It's very much an indie company. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's because some of the stuff is just not good, right? Yeah. Like, and um, and that doesn't mean, and I would say like some of the indie books, right, were much better, right? We were mm-hmm. talking about first a couple podcasts ago, right? And yeah. American Flag and mm-hmm. John Sable, right? Yeah. And so first was putting out some really high quality stuff in 1984. That's only a couple years after this. This was put out in 1981 originally. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at the two Morrows publishing Destroyer Duck Graphite Edition. Uh, noted by, should I just say it? Um, yes, drop it. The, the 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 writer is somebody you should have heard of, Steve Gerber, because he created some guy named Howard the Duck. Oh yeah, that that Howard the Duck book, and then they made a movie and some other stuff. But uh, and he wrote a bunch about... of stuff for Marvel. I mean, it's not yeah. this isn't the only thing he did. You know, he oh did no, a bunch he... of Defenders work he wrote for the big two later. I mean, he's mm-hmm. done a ton of stuff. Uh, and then the artist on this book is some guy I'm sure you've never heard of. Uh, you know, it, it kind of escapes me a bit. Um, uh, some people might call him the king. Uh, yeah. One Jack of, Kirby. Yeah, that Jack Kirby guy. And uh, the cool thing about this edition is they, they re-released these in uh, just with his pencils. Mm-hmm. So they call it the graphite edition. Ha, huh, get it? Pencils? Yeah. Pencils. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, one, as we get into this, if you're interested in this at all, I highly recommend. I'll try to remember to put a link to this in the chat, assuming they still have some in stock, right? Uh, this is this is amazing. Uh, I bought this for Greg as a present. Still haven't given it to him. He has the electronic, the PDF, because Tomorrow's is always nice enough to give you a PDF of the work when you buy the actual physical work. So super cool on them, too. And I 
bought it for Greg and then haven't given it to him. So I'm sitting here <laughs> reading out of Greg's <laughs> nice hardback, hardbound copy. And Greg is reading electronically. But yeah, I mean, it, you got when you got the, on the cover, the man slaying Mallard's mission of vengeance reproduced from Kirby's pure pencil art is the, is the catch. And we've got a forward by Mark Evanier, who uh, apparently reading him, I didn't know much about him, but he was heavy into Eclipse Comics as well as a bunch of animation. So, oh, yeah, super cool. Uh, you probably knew about him. I'm the ignorant one there. Well, and it's then, like when you when you look up Mark and you start to like tie all the tie all the lines together in your in your crazy board that everyone has in their in their office like I do as to like everything that's ever touched your uh, your your life as a child or something like that you're like wow 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 everything 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 so lots of lots of different connects there yeah well and yeah I mean you are sort of like the question so I understand yeah. you have crazy board I, I had to jump off for a second <laughs> grandma's calling me <laughs> around and quack quack back into so when greg had to take a slight interruption we were on to yeah talking about how mark evanier sort of touched uh, all sorts of parts of, of everyone's childhood and yeah it's uh, it's neat it's something I, I you know i was joking i was joking with a a, a listener yeah so apparently we have more than one because this do. person has been listening to all our podcasts and i said in this in this episode it's going to be backwards world because greg's going to have more of the history and dan's going to have more of the questions and wow this comic <laughs> is cool so but yeah i mean i was excited uh just the i've only read the front matter i haven't read the back matter but just the front matter is freaking amazing just this little 12 page kind of story about how this comic comes to be and well, you get about 12 pages of story. Yeah, between the foreword by John Morrow, the editor at Two Morrows, which shouldn't surprise anybody if you follow their mm -hmm. company, and then this introduction. Yeah, it's it's really neat. And I think the other really, uh, I give you, I'm going to say really neat a thousand times because it yeah. is an amazing part of this book, and you were just sort of talking to me. You also get uh, a big piece of history because uh, there's the the plot and synopsis for every single or at least for the first story is there and mm -hmm. you get to read basically like Steve Gerber having a one-sided conversation with Jack Kirby. Oh yeah. It's, it is absolutely beautiful. I, I love it. I, I love the fact that they have this friendship and this, uh, this ability to have this, you know, he's like, Jack, this is what I'm, you know, it's, it, it's like, he goes into it. Like they've had this conversation and he's scripting it out and, it's like I imagine this room filled with these anamorphic people, these animals. They they got people bodies, but animal heads. This is how I want them drawn, and it's just it's it's just very detailed, and it's the kind of script that you know is a very like that that classic Marvel script, uh, in a sense where you know we're gonna fill in the dialogue later. This is everything I want in the panels, and I I love reading it it's so rich and it's great to read something like that it's not something it's the kind of it's the kind of scripts that i would write with travis for brett and, travis uh, and brett are 
from for Starlight. I apologize. <laughs> like for so Brett Woodell and and Travis Webb. Uh, so Travis Webb and I write Starlight, and when we write for Brett, a lot of it is that kind of conversation we're having with him because we've known Brett for a very long time. Travis and Brett have, have a, a friendship that spans decades, and uh, and I've known Brett for. Uh, geez, like a decade now or more, but uh, it's uh, it's one of those things where you, when you when you know somebody and you can have that kind of conversation and you know you're on the same wavelength, right? It's not something that you could just like do um, and and be able to just like drop that kind of uh, that kind of script to somebody and expect them to just make it happen because a lot of times when you're scripting out something especially something as detailed as this, you're going to, uh, you know, if it was anybody else, any other team, you'd probably want everything out there on the page so that there's nothing being missed. Right. So I know when I've done other projects, everything is, is in there, uh, all the dialogue, everything else so that there's, there's an idea as to how much space we're going to use and other things like that for lettering and other things. So it's, it's always it's it's interesting to see how the flow works between different different creative teams and with this creative team uh you can see that kind of uh unique bond that they have and, and definitely from the in in the school of of comic book creation that they're from yeah <laughs> and, and I just, well no i think besides, i'm just listening right like it's yeah i mean and this is this is the kind of thing. Again, I was joking because you're going to have so much more knowledge here because you do this, right? Yeah. For, for those of you that aren't aware, Greg writes comics and works with artists. And yeah, this is uh, this is this is neat. I think that also the I keep saying neat because it is right. It's one of those things you read and you're like, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, the history of this though. When you look at the why behind the fact the oh. the why behind this comic book being produced at all, right? Mm-hmm. This in today's world might have been produced. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the stuff with Bill Willingham, right? Mm-hmm. And fables. Yeah. And yeah. Him trying to put it in public domain over a dispute with a publisher. Um, you may be waiting for a property of yours <laughs> from yeah. a certain publisher. Yeah. I mean, it's so I'm, it, I'm not saying it doesn't happen now, right? It certainly happens now. Uh, but I think it's less likely, right, that people would have to take these steps to to get a book published. And so if you're reading the back history or you're not familiar, Steve Gerber writes for Marvel. He writes some Defender stuff, some other stuff. And Thunder. then he, he creates Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, he and creates Howard the course, Duck and and he gets he he gets as uh, uh, he gets he gets the short end of the stick. That's the the easiest way to say it, right? He 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 writes uh, uh, a nice run for them, and they tell him, uh, I want to say like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna stop the line on this uh, for a couple different reasons, uh, but we're gonna just say you're slow <laughs> on on production. You know, that's that was the the reason and. He's like, ah, I want my book back. <laughs> yeah, like it's uh, and they wouldn't give it to him because at the time it was a lot of like uh, I want to say like contractual stuff and other things like that. It was a big um, well, who's who owns this? Does he own it? Is it a uh, is it a, was he a work for hire? Was he does he create this for the company? Did he create this as a as a partnership? Was it something that he owns? Is it so it went into a I want to say like a couple year lawsuit uh, for him and uh, Marvel on on the actual Howard the Duck property. 
uh, before anything was decided and before they even went any further with it or before he continued to work for them on on stuff because uh, he was kind of at a standstill. And this book came out of that, I want to say, frustration point. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, eventually, you know, if you know a little bit of the history, he does team back up with Marvel, right? Because he's a writer on the Howard the Duck movie in 1986. So this Mm -hmm. was in 1981. So um, I wouldn't say it was an I wouldn't say it was like a, uh, um, you know, a great loving hugging relationship getting back together, right? But they do. Yeah. But then, of course, Howard the Duck the movies might be one of the I don't want to say worst adaptations, but it's it's a definite unique adaptation uh, of the story, and it it was an interesting telling of Howard the Duck. Um, it was definitely as a kid watching it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. As an adult watching it, I'm kind of like, "What? How? How? How did they make this? Why?" <laughs> but yeah. But at the same point, I there's a the child the child the child inside me loves it so much. It's I don't know. I mean, also I mean, like I've said it on the podcast before. Um, Howard the Duck, uh, the the comic book series is a comic book run that I've I've had in my collection since I was a kid because it was one of those ones that was gifted to me from my dad, my uncles, and stuff like that. And then at one point, I believe that they they took a couple of the the key issues. There's the the Star Wars cover and a couple of the other ones that were uh, high value. They've they ridiculously been high value. Uh, and uh, even back in the the 80s when when these things happened. They they borrowed them to go put towards other things and uh, um, borrowed them with the intent of putting them back in the collection and they never went back. So I've been hunting them down ever since. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, you know, I've never read a single Howard the Duck comic book. So this is my introduction to Steve Gerber's Duckverse. I have watched the movie and I can't tell you that I remember anything about that movie. <laughs> he was a duck. And he ended up on Earth. There yeah, you go. I mean, I, I know that part. He's a duck. He's here. He's from another universe, correct? Yeah, yeah. He's from another universe. You know, and as uh, I will tell you this, as you read Destroyer Duck, and as we get into it, maybe the parallel of of Destroyer Duck, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm jump into this a little bit, but uh, you know, on his hunt for the little guy, maybe the little guy is Howard the Duck. We just don't know it. It could be. It could be, and, and we don't know, but we're, we're going to find out. And I will say about this, um, I think it's important to know the, the history of Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they give you that in this book, right? Yeah. Oh, so definitely. it's there for you. Uh, I, I love the not fact. Not the whole history, right? They just, the history of, of, of how Marvel it was created versus of Marvel. Steve yeah. Gerber, right? Yeah. Marvel versus Steve Gerber. And Gerber, like, going to these, and I can say, I've been. I've been in these kind of Gerber type situations where they, they talk in the back matter where he's at a party. Well, no, but well, maybe, but he goes to a party. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't, he's like, Oh, I don't, I know I'm talking to this person. I didn't get their name, but we really hit it off or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, Hey, this is so-and-so. And I just spent like an hour talking to this person. That's awesome. Um, but doesn't, you know, it's one of those just random moments, you know, that just happens or whatever. And it's kind of it's 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 neat because it's like, oh, uh, 
this is like literally how the industry does work in that sense. Well, and you're saying how Mark Evanier met Steve Gerber. So he's yeah. referring to the front matter. And yeah, they're just after Gerber had split with Marvel and he meets Mark Evanier at a party. And I, I think it's an interesting story, too. It's like the ultimate starving artist story, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Mark Evanier gets a, a upgrades to a, a king size bed and gives Steve Gerber all of his bedding. That's how they yeah. meet each other. He's, <laughs> right. Here you yes. go. Here, I don't need this. this. And, and it's 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 interesting because that that is like literally how the like I mean on on the on the weird level of how things work in this industry. I mean it it is it is that simple in some cases. You know we creators meet creators or meet other people and you bounce these things off of each other and that's how you become friends with people. <laughs> yeah, it is that easy, I, people. <laughs> Well, and then how Jack Kirby gets involved. So uh, the story there was great, too. But uh, I think we'll get to the story in a second. But we're yeah. we're going to talk about the front matter today. And then when we review the rest of them, we'll start talking about some of the back matter. Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're just going to review one issue today. We may review a couple issues at a time in the next one. But we want to make sure we got through some of this front matter. Mm-hmm. I thought the the real interesting part, too, is we find out that Gerber wrote for I created. I didn't know he created it. I thought he just wrote for it. So created Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with Jack Kirby art. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. And, you know, see, and this is this is what happens. Right. You had your dad. My, my dad could care less that a comic book existed. Right. So <laughs> um, like he knew who Superman was and had read them as a kid. Right. But right. he's like, those are little kid things. Uh, your dad you know, had the, all that stuff. And so, and your uncle, so, you know, you're looking at these things. Thundar was one of those things. I know you were too young for Thundar and I was also too young for Thundar, right? So Thundar came out when I was five. Yeah. Too young, but still like got, still got some of the books at some point because. But I didn't get into Thundar, like, right. People talk about, I, Thundar was a channel changer for me. I was looking for the super friends or, or something else. Uh, so when I was a little kid, it was on ABC. It ran for just a year, I think, mm-hmm. um, or a couple years. It didn't run very long. It did have a re-release, but when they re-released it, then I was old enough. But I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't <laughs> like it. I, I just like, never why? got into it. And I've never gone back and watched it. And people talk about it like it's, the you know, it's referred to kind of by some people's like the greatest cartoon ever made. Right. Well, of that if you time don't have, period. If you don't have Thunder, you don't have He-Man. That's, I mean, in my mind, if you don't have Thundar, you don't have, I mean, for a lot of people, a lot of, like, Thundar is the jump off. Like, if you, if you have, if you have an experience with Thundar as a kid, then you get into other things like Beastmaster or you get into things like um, Conan the Barbarian and stuff like that. And then you're like, oh, wow, what are these other books? You know, they're a little more advanced in, in that sense right and then you start reading these things and you're like oh wow that's really cool it's a it's a nice jump off point right and then you're like oh hey cool they made a movie with conan and it's well, got that and, guy yeah and you also look at the time frame for me i didn't get you know if you look back to that legion issue i was referring to with yeah. the first appear with the star and that was in 1983 right mm-hmm. so um thundar was rerun on and i'm i'm on the great source wikipedia but it was rerun on nbc in 1983 because they tried mm-hmm. to re-revive it yeah. And it, it just ran for a couple of seasons. Right. So yeah. it says from October 4th, 1980 to October 31st, 1981. So I wasn't 
you know, I had had comics, right? I had had some whole comics and things like that, but I wasn't like super into comics. I remember before my Legion book, I had like one of those three issue uh, Marvel sets. Mm -hmm. And I read those over and over again. Uh, But yeah, I didn't have a lot, right? Or access to things. So like it hadn't hit me. So this style of writing, right? The Steve Gerber style of writing probably wasn't Mm -hmm. like hitting my five-year-old brain either, right? Like I'm like, oh boy, you know, like... He drops so later when I'm eight, nine, ten. Yeah, then I'm like, who are all these characters? Now, Super Friends, easy access for a five, six-year-old, right? Yeah, that's simple writing, very you know, the same backgrounds, same characters Mm -hmm. every time. Uh, One thing I will say though, I think I've shared too with you is I always got excited like with the challenge of the Super Friends or the ones where it wasn't just Superman and Batman, right, and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, right? Mm -hmm. I thought those were not my favorites. My favorites were when all these other random people appeared. Yeah. Uh, I just also wonder how accessible Sundar is if you weren't, you know, into the uh, into fantasy stuff. Yeah, that, and that's into that's sword and sorcery. Fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. If you weren't into sword and sorcery, you weren't into fantasy stuff. You weren't into Krull or you know Lady Hawk and stuff like that. That you know, and that, and and literally, like at that time, it was like for me at least, it was a gateway. And then you know, like literally, as I got older, it, it opened other doors like D and D and other things like that. But <laughs> We're not going down that road right now, folks. We're talking. Yeah, but I think it's important backstory. <laughs> well, even you left one out because DC what? had their copy, right? Camelot three thousand, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But I and and I and that was one that was like it was interesting. But it was it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. And, <laughs> it well, was and just like carbon copies of anything are not the same. Yeah. Uh, but the people that worked on this, like Marty Pasco, uh, wrote it. Uh, Mark Evanier, of course, wrote some of it. And you know, you you start looking at. Uh, you're starting to see the connections here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these connections end up working on this book. Oh yeah. Or putting stories in the in not in Destroyer Duck, but you know, put stories in the back. Uh, so anyway, it's uh, it's pretty neat. So we'll Definitely. get. I've said neat like eight times because it is. So well, it, why don't so we get neat. into the story a little bit? Okay. And see what they were doing. And I guess. I said we're going to get in the story, but then I was going to ask you a question. Yeah, ask me a question. Throw it out. In 1981, when yeah. the script is being written, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that hates Marvel Comics more than Jack Kirby and Steve Gerber? Anybody that hates them more? Um, maybe? Well, <laughs> huh? Like, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, there are a few people out there. There are a few people out there. Um, Neil Adams? Neil Adams, definitely. Well, DC, though, he would have been more yeah, but, pissed at DC. Right? But I think he just, and in general, speaking on behalf of all creators, I mean, he's just looking at it from a creator standpoint, and he's wanting to help all creators and and get Neil leverage. Adams. Yeah, Neil, Al- yeah. Neil, Neil Adams is looking for leverage for all creators at that point. He's beginning that 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 front, right? So, yeah. uh, so at this point, he's looking at all the big two as a whole, as these are both bad places, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. we need to get some leverage. We need to get some, uh, do some creator own stuff and, and get it to, to a point where people are getting what, you know, getting fair pay for what they do. And so we've got, uh, we've got a couple but, of cool things to wait, start out here. There's also um, another person in the mix too. Can't forget about Serge, Sergio. Oh yeah. That's fair. I mean, I'll go. I mean, uh, like uh, just an amazing creator of his own uh, on everything that he's ever done for Mad and and Grew and other things like that. But I mean, uh, like he was a great uh, 
like when you look at the things that he's done and did as a creator, uh, definitely fits into the mix as somebody that was like, hey, I want to do these things and being told constantly, no, no, no. And it's like, but I can do this and I'm going to do this because I'm doing it. <laughs> so, well, and, and yeah, and I didn't read a lot of Gru either, right? Because now we're back to, to a funny version of the same genre, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. That wouldn't have like necessarily appealed to me. But yeah, they noted in the front matter that the first appearance of Gru was in the Destroyer Duck comic book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how is that in the dollar bins ever? Right. I know. Uh, <laughs> but it so, is. But it is. And, and yeah. And then, you know, we do need to say uh, mention Alfredo Alcala, too, who inked it. So mm-hmm. and all these folks did this for free. So the amazing part is they decided to have this book. Everybody donated their work to it, but they got to own their work. Yeah. And then Eclipse published it. So. They made over $50,000 on the first book for Steve Gerber's legal fees against Marvel. It, it and this is how committed this creator and artist community is uh, to take down one of the big two. And I'll also say, too, you think about this, right? Um, again, I mentioned Image, right? And it's mm-hmm. like Image is that time when all the artists got together and <laughs> said a big F you to Marvel and DC, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> it, it had already happened. Yeah, because like without ten years earlier. Yeah, with this with this one Eclipse book, without a book like this, honestly, people like you don't have the kind of Kickstarter community that we have right now. You don't have the kind of Indiegogo community that you have now. You don't have uh, the kind of coffee community that you have. You don't have you don't any have of that. TM, you don't have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You don't have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You don't. You don't have these two guys creating uh, their their mirage comics you don't have any of that because there's nothing there is no um i want to say tangible like you can do this without something like this this is this is a really good genesis point i mean you have other books out there that have been done uh that that did something but this created such a groundswell and it was such a big moment what because the point they made is they they Mark Evanier makes the point that they were able to prove that you could do this without a giant staff and giant overhead. Yeah. And, and people they, just donated their time and their doing kitchens, it. Right. Yeah. And their they did home offices <laughs> and put it together. And, you know, he said they were really proud of it because the quality of it was as high as a book coming out of those other publishers. Yeah. They were and even you, using the same uh, printer that the yeah. other publishers were using. Yeah. When you look at this book, you're like, this is on par with everything that they've worked on in the past with those big two. It's just not from the big two. Well, let's get into this thing. We've got right. first off, but as we as we get into it, uh, we noted Neil Adams inked the cover and there's a letter from Steve Gerber. To <laughs> Dean Mulaney. Dean Mulaney, apparently from Eclipse, went to Neil Adams studios at Continuity and watched Neil Adams <laughs> ink the book. And Steve says, here are the logo and original Xerox reproductions, the first half of the plot and the original Kirby art for the cover of Destroyer Duck. I'm writing this before I actually see Jack's drawings, but I'm sure he's done uh, done beautifully with it. Don't let Neil change the pencils and don't let him take away the very long getting this. Don't t- let him take very long getting this done. Camp out at Continuity if you have to. But he but be sure he gets it finished quickly. And just in case such a camping trip isn't feasible, make make stats of the pencils. <laughs> Please call <laughs> me to let me know the package arrives safely uh, with this one of a kind stuff. I get very scared. Let me know what you think of it all. Take care, Steve. 
He says, P.S. On a whim, I sent a copy of the Destroyer Duck ad to Dick Giordano, who's at DC Comics, along with some of his Phantom Zone pages, assuming he got to do that for DC at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear his reaction to this project. Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I love I love this letter so much for for all that for all that. <laughs> and all, I love it all as well. And then I also like want to point out one more thing because I said we we're going to start. But mm-hmm. we've got the cool Destroyer Duck logo here. Mm-hmm. And I believe you've maybe heard of the letterer. Um, maybe. maybe. One Tom. Tom Orangowski. Orangowski. Have you ever maybe. worked with that guy? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have. <laughs> oh, you mean so he's still giving his work to indie creators and indie books? He- he is still he is still working on indie books with indie creators. He is the letterer for Starlight. He is a record holder uh, for the Guinness Book of World Records for lettering uh, all of the Spawn books, and uh, he's working uh, for all the book. He he he's done work for everybody, uh, so not just indies, but he is he's an amazing letter. And honestly, like my my writing based off of notes from him and discussions and stuff like that, I. I will say having an amazing letter that's been in the industry for decades has uh, has helped me become a better writer because I have a better understanding of what you're going to want to put in there. And a lot of times it's it's just amazing how just a little a, a small conversation sometimes makes a difference. <laughs> so, well, I'm super. Yeah, I mean, this is again, the tiebacks in this are, are crazy, right? You've yeah, or you've actually worked with one of the major contributors to this book. Um, yeah, for your own book. And and it's and oh my gosh, it's it, I, I I have goosebumps right now. You don't even know um, just because this is such a it's such a piece of history. And just having that small little little tie to it is. <laughs> It's kind of cool. <laughs> well, we get the opening page here and we get a letter from Ned Packer, president to Sydney huh. Upwind, chairman from God Corp Limited inner office memo. And it was made very clear by Mark Evanier in the front matter that Ned Packer is supposed to be Jim Shooter. No way. <laughs> yeah. Like, just <laughs> full on. Pow, pow. You know what? Someday we're going to interview Jim Shooter and this guy's yeah. just going to punch me in the face. <laughs> for all the things. All the things. All the things I've said. But, Jim, remember, when you were like 13 and wrote those Legion stories, we all loved you. We did. We did. And then you grew up. Yeah. And admittedly, you can go from being a nice kid and growing up to be a complete fucking asshole. (laughs) No. No. It could happen. Yeah. But then after he left Marvel Comics as the editor, he seems to have chilled out and become a nice guy again. Yeah, because so, he doesn't. Yeah, because. But know, his yeah. blog still does take credit for everything in the universe. Really, well, liter- you you know that everything started and ended with Jim Shooter. He's the alpha and omega of comics, right? Yeah, because he wants to grab it all, own it all, drain it all. Well, that is what God Corp stands for. It is. And here on a cover, we have <laughs> this memo dated May 2nd. It says, our people and legal concepts inform me that as we have initially believed, ducks have no rights under the law regardless of what vocal verbal ability they may possess accordingly the little guy as per my previous memo shall henceforth be accorded all the respect ordinarily reserved for the unruly chattel it the duck is our property 
to do with as we see fit. All contracts entered into with the foul are to be considered null and void. Its salary is to be discontinued. All communications from its attorneys are to be ignored. Entertainment concepts may exhibit the little guy when and where in whatever matter it chooses and at its sole discretion. Or, as we have discussed last Friday, we should feel free to hand the animal over to the medical concepts boys for research. I recommend the latter, as the public is likely to sympathize with the duck's anti-God Corp sentiments, should he ever find a forum for the same. The media loves this kind of crap. The sooner we determine a profitable manner to dispose of him, the better. Packer, Ned Packer, NP. And he didn't even write this himself. He had his secretary write it. Yeah. There's initials. And then we've got the human needs division includes eating concepts, meat concepts, vegetation concepts, dwelling concepts, apparel concepts, companionship concepts, intimacy concepts, devotional concepts, behavioral concepts, mercantile concepts, sleep concepts, mobility concepts, medical concepts, sewage concepts, and death concepts. Their leisure division includes entertainment concepts, jock concepts, and partying concepts. concepts. And their socio-technology division includes energy concepts, mineral concepts, military industrial concepts, conceptual concepts, Intelligence concepts, legal concepts, and enforcement concepts. I believe we call this vertical integration. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> and at the bottom of their memo, it says, we make product. Yes, they make That's product. That's their motto. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and in today's world, you could align that with just about any corporation. But yes, anyways. <laughs> now, I did have Paul Bedreau, the jiu-jitsu lawyer, yes. look over this memo. Uh-huh. And he didn't think it was... Uh, particularly, he didn't think it would stand up. No, I'll just say that it, it's a, it's it's a it's a letter, it's a memo, but it's not. Yeah, um, you know. But if somebody was sentient, he didn't think this would would stand up. No. Probably. Well, anyway, we get to the story, and we get Destroyer Duck, manslaying Mallard on a mission of vengeance, created by Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby, Alfredo Alcala, Steve uh, Leola was the original colorist again, and he redrew drew some of the beaks. We learned. Mm-hmm. And beat consultant, it sounds. <laughs> yes. Cause... And Tom Orchowski, I'm going to yes. say, I always say it wrong. But you say it right because you are friends with him. Uh, <laughs> the original uh, letter. He, he spelled it out phonetically for me. So that I... <laughs> Orchowski. Yeah. And uh, also uh, in the front, I will say uh, uh, John Morrow re-lettered it for this edition. Cool, cool. So, all right. And we've got uh, a duck that's had a hard day of work. Yeah. Having a, he's you know he's unwinding at this uh, this this uh, nice bar. Yeah, came back with a beer, and we find out his name is Dick Destroyer. Duke. Duke. Duke Destroyer. Destroyer. Dick Destroyer. Wow. I was thinking of the Destroyer Dick Byer. I'm sorry, okay. the, the okay. wrestler. Yeah, like it's my bad. And you can see how that would. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, Duke Destroyer Duck, and he is very pissed about his wife leaving him. Mm-hmm. Or his girlfriend, I, I really can't tell, but for some sort of hippie. Yeah, he's just upset. And it says in the caption, the little guy, Destroyer's lone friend and confident, can only manage a shrug. And we've got a lot of animals in a bar. It looks like a, a adult version of the zoo crew that comes yeah. out a few years later. Yeah. Right. A whole bunch of animomorphic animal people. Done by another Marvel editor, Roy Thomas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At DC, go DC. Yeah. Uh, so, and then as as destroyers complaining about all the things that are happening, all the rest of all the rest of his the workers there keep making fun of him, giving him a tough and, time. Yeah, yeah. Basically, say, and he's like, I can't help it if I'm sensitive. 
Yeah. <laughs> and as we get going through the story, uh, we have one uh, cat woman, I might say. Yeah. I don't know her name, but per- a, a cat woman. Yeah, she's a cat woman. Says someone ought to nail that ducks that large ducks yap shut. So, and we got the the little duck. He just says probably not, Duke. Some of us just aren't given to big emotional displays. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not a good day for Destroyer. No, not a good not, day. Not having a good time. No. And then a somebody takes Destroyer's hard hat off. Yeah. And dumps a beer on him. Oh, sploosh. It's big, loud warthog. And this is before warthogs were beloved by all. Before, yes, before they were beloved by all because of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking of Timon and Pumbaa. But... Oh, oh, OK. I, <laughs> see, <laughs> two different. Two, two, is in two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the warthogs are still bad guys, right? They're bad guys, but you love them. You love the warthog. You love. You... <laughs> They're the laughable bad guys. Well, kind yeah. of like here. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying they lifted that right out of here, but it kind of looks like they did. Could have, could have. It's entirely possible. Totally. I'm going to guess that they were probably big fans of this book. Probably. It's a good book. (laughs) I have no idea. I have no, I have no proof of this in any capacity. We could go ask them someday. (laughs) We could, I guess. They're becoming less accessible again, though, because now they got famous again yeah that's a tough thing we well, missed our anyway, shot <laughs> uh yeah we, we needed that like down quiet time well anyway destroyer is not a big fan of what's going on and he no. stuffs the warthog's head in a in the beer mug yeah which is really it's and, a feat <laughs> i mean you know yeah. yeah it is quite a feat i mean just the tusks alone yeah he kind of reminds me of tusker of the legion of Substitute. oh yeah was, totally but it's well, not Legion, the Legion of Substitute Villains, I think. Substitute Villains, yeah. yes. Well, they then have a little we tumble. get back and Destroyer comes back to Little Duck and says, how'd you like that uppercut, pal? And he's like, real keen, Duke, peachy. You de- descended effortly to Benny's level. <laughs> and then the Little Duck disappears. Poof, gone. And we have no idea what's happened to him. It's like... The memo happened at the beginning of the story. They just took him away. Yeah, just took him away. Gone. And Duke the Destroyer Duck is devastated. He's like, I've lost my only friend. And uh, I, he says, and all I got left is his opinion that I could do something with my life. I guess I owe it to you, pal, to put your theory to a test. Oh, and boy, would he. Yes. And he, it says, up until now, the life of Duke Duck has been a violent but relentlessly ordinary one. But then he enlists in the special forces and becomes basically Rambo Duck. Yeah, it doesn't say that. I said that. But. Yeah, no, but he, I mean, he he basically does. I mean, he he goes off to war. He's he's just taking out bad guys left and right. And then he becomes the Flash Duck. Yeah, science he, Duck. Yeah, science Duck gets his he degree. Into academia. Yeah, gets his degree. And then he looks like he's a professor. I believe so. Uh, he became a police officer, it looks like. Mm-hmm. He's looking like a professor. He's all chilling out in his chair with the big, what are those things called in the chair? What kind of wingback chair? Is that what Wingback chair, yeah. There we go. Yeah, he's got his wingback chair going on. I love this art, by the way. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I, I, did I just say I love this art, by the way, about Jack Kirby's pencils? Yeah, he yeah, did. By the way, I love Jack Kirby's pencils. They're really, they're really good. They're really good. Something about the 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 duck bills were redrawn, and now I'm dying to get like the uh, 
the originals where yeah because i want to see really bad duck bills right how bad were jack kirby's duck bills <laughs> i don't know like it's hard to say it's hard to how say how bad were they i don't they know like, bad. so i'm gonna try well, this anyway. book about ducks i really can't draw duck bills so you're just gonna get a duck face and no bill <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like there's some duck bills. Maybe they're not as pronounced as the original duck bills. But Do you know why he didn't draw a duck terrible. bill? Because he didn't get paid, so there was no bill. Well, that's fair. I have not read the original, so I'm not seeing the differences, right? So, yeah. Um, anyway, well, uh, his friend, the little duck, uh, just walks through his front door. And he's like, he can't believe he's alive. He's lived this whole life. His friend mm-hmm. disappeared, dedicated his whole life to him. Now there's blood spilling out of him. And he's like, I'm finished, Duke. They opened me up like a gunny sack, poked around inside and never bothered to sew me back up. Oh, yeah. It says the great gray mallard shudders with rage. And he's like, who? Oh, choke. Oh, my God. What? He has a silver age choke in there. Uh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Gerber, I love you. Like, I, I know you're not alive, but I love you for having this right here. OK, I think I missed that on my first read through. On your first read, Yeah, I've got a choke and a gasp in the next two panels. <sighs> and we find out that that last night at Ginger's, I vanished out of this world into another space time continuum where ducks can't talk and pink primates call all the shots. <gasps> um, hmm, this sounds like a story that was told sounds... somewhere else. Yes, it does. It's very similar. Well, it says I was broke, starving. I signed on with this company, Entertainment Concepts Limited, a division of God Corp, the world's biggest corporation. They said they'd make me a star, exploit my curiosity value. But all they did was humiliate me. They hooked me with promises, got me under contract, and they used me as a second banana to a washed up lounge comic they represented. Shame. I feel like the word comic is intentionally used there. Yeah, I think so. Well, we find out some more about God Corp. He says uh, they went off when the novelty of that wore off. They stuck me in a freak sideshow. And when even that didn't draw the crowds anymore, they booked me in a live sex show on Times Square. Poor little guy. I know. And he's like, I hired a lawyer, tried to get out of my contract, but God Corp ignored his letters, wouldn't return his calls. And they said, take care of me if I called him off. I said no. So they cut off my income. And then he went back to corporate headquarters and met with Ned Packer, the president of the whole company. And he said it was all a bookkeeper's error. They got confused because he transferred my contract to another division, medical concepts. And then they ripped him up. Terrible. Well, following uh, the internment, uh, Duke's requests a leave of absence from the force and undertakes a weird journey across the expanse of Nega space. Man, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Sounds like a Marvel thing. I don't know it does. about that. It does. Like the negative zone or something? The negative zone. Is that what it's called? So, I don't know. <laughs> but he ends What's up. Called? What's that thing that Reed Richards always tries to go to? Uh, maybe it is negative zone. China. Well, anyway, uh, Destroyer makes it in and he is there. In the heart of the city. And he is ready to murder some people. He's got, I mean, he's got a bag of weapons. He's got everything that he needs. He's, he's ready to, he's, he's, he is, he's like, I mean, he's, he's ready for battle. He's Rainbow Duck. <laughs> and then we meet a new character named Chumo who's on a payphone and he's like, What's a payphone? That's a good question. See, 
in the olden days, <laughs> yeah. before you carried mini computers in your pocket, yeah. there were these phones that you put money in, and then you, call, you could call people. No way. And they so, were just kind of hanging out everywhere. Everywhere. Kind of like, if you think about it, scooters, right? Think about oh where scooters gosh. would be. But instead of a scooter, there'd yeah, be a phone, phone there. You used to call but people. you can use your computer in your pocket to make the scooter go. Right, but you didn't have a computer in your pocket back then, so there was. So you didn't need a scooter back then, right? I see. (laughs) Okay. Only scooters were flying scooters on on uh, Back to the Future Part Two. Gotcha. Yeah, I believe that's a hoverboard. But anyway, uh, this guy named Chumo is calling Mr. Packer, and they're like, "We're recording you." Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it does sound familiar. (laughs) And. they're like he's in command. He's Chumo's like he's in commando attire and he's headed south. Looks like a cop. Mr. Packer looks really. He's like, what do you mean? He reminds me of a cop. Bite your tongue, Chumo. Off. Whatever this creature may be, he is not tough. Al Haig is tough. I am tough. A duck is not tough. So they seem pretty confident. And then mm-hmm. uh, Ned Packer of God Corp has basically that chair that. I, I love Flies. Jack Kirby. Like this is the chair. Uh, this no, this is a new God's chair. New God's chair. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. levitates and floats. <laughs> yeah, like he's flying around in the chair. I'm like okay, and he just it's takes, cool. <laughs> They launch him off. I'm like yes, sir, and he just launches off through the city. Well, we get some uh, miles east. He shows up and he sees his mom, who's Volpa Packer the battle axe. Yes, <laughs> I would. So now I'm wondering like. I, I'm just wondering, like, who is the the small executive who he thinks goes home to see his mom, right? Because <laughs> that doesn't seem like it would be Jim Shooter to me. You don't think so? And Jim Shooter didn't necessarily have a great long-term relationship with his family. Okay. So who could it be? I mean, he did, but not like, I wouldn't say, I don't know, I just would never... I, I could not know. Like, I'm not on the inside, obviously, but I, yeah. I don't perceive his Jim Shooter like running home to mom. Right. Like he was writing comic books to help fund his family's income at like 13 and 14. So yeah. I probably don't see him running off to mom, mommy, when he needs help. Mommy, but, help me. Get yeah. your battle axe. I don't know. I wasn't on the inside. Uh, so anyway, she's like this. That stinking suburban junkie again. How can you associate with people? You're a big man. And any I can't even figure out why you'd want to be seen with me anymore. So she's even like, why are you here? Why are you here? Maybe it is shooter. He's like, <laughs> I prefer dealing with people like you. Ha 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 ha. And then he gets back in his chair. And basically, he says all of God Corp's employees and freelancers are junkies. Mother, we encourage that dependent relationship. <laughs> oh, Terrible. Self-reliance breeds self-esteem. I can't read this comic today. Jeez. <laughs> it seems like the kind of inspirational um, posters that you see in workplaces. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, except self-esteem means quitting our jobs and doing the things we like. Uh, it's, it's it's Friday for you listeners out there, so we've had a long week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're like... Like, how real are they being right now? I don't We're know. Being very, when you're told you can't park your car in a parking lot because there's no parking lot to park your car in, but you're expected to come into work because they want you there, but you can't park there. And you have to park seven blocks away. And you they're telling the you. barbecue place? Because I be down with that. No joke. Like, they, they gave us a map. I'm not. I mean, this is the. This is, 
so people listening are just gonna little talk off the side here sidebar so uh yeah no they give us a map where to park uh for our days in the office and our office days uh we're supposed to park like literally 20 minutes away and then make sure that we have 20 minutes to walk to where we work <laughs> well <laughs> isn't you that should probably joy. reach out to the staff of legal concepts to have that taken <laughs> care of because see on the next page yeah i know we get a guy in a uh a superhero, a Superman outfit, but it has uh, the scales of justice on it. And uh, wow, I'm just it's yeah, pretty awesome. <laughs> these like attorneys have to be prepared for anything these days if they're in uh, the entertainment, you know, yeah. legal vision, So <laughs> and then we get a crash in and he he meets this duck. And next thing we see is this battle axe lady coming in, die duck with the giant axe. She's just wrecking shop. The lawyer's like, the lawyer's like, so these people all work for Packer, though. Uh huh. Because it does say, he says, oh, 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 never mind, never mind. He is the good guy. This is the lawyer is the good guy. The the lawyer's the good guy. Tax them. Yeah. Okay. And she busts into his office and he's like, Duke, look out. Uh, She's one of God Corp's assassin squad. Ah. And here they go. Bang, They're bang, banging bad. across the street. It's almost like they were on cue for the rat-a-tat-tat of this gun. Uh-huh. I appreciate that. And now, after he destroys Battle Axe very quickly, she does not last long. No, he goes not. back to the lawyer and he says, now, as I was saying uh, before, if I got the evidence you needed on God Corp, could you take him to court? He said, what evidence? How? He said, trust me again, Holmes. You don't want to know. And the lawyer's like, I suppose <laughs> I can't stop you. Their address is listed in the phone book. And by the way, a phone book is yeah. a big book full of phone numbers with names and companies. And you you open it and, and you go in alphabetical order and you find them. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. And this and, 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 and in a strange turn of events back then, corporations didn't hide their phone number from people and make you contact them through the, the Web site. You didn't have to like go to the website to get the, to try to look for a phone number and then find a phone number. And then it says when you call the phone number, it's not a real phone number because it's just a thing that says go to the website. And then you go back to the website and it says call this phone number. And then you go to the phone number and it says after you call this new phone number, then it says email this email. No, and then you email the email phone number and you reached a person kind of like the woman on the next page. Whoa. So we turn the page and Duke. Duke Destroyer Duck has made it over to the front door of God Corp and he busts in looking for Packer and meets Mr. Packer's personal personal secretary and his personal secretary says halt foul. But I think more important, it looks like her superpowers are super flexibility. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, I, I he says some people are double jointed, some some triple jointed. I'm universal jointed. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Well, she takes out Duke, and next thing we see, he's on a giant press. Looks like he's about to be flattened. Oh, man. And Packer says, and you torched my mother tonight. I'd say that makes us even. This is this business, and that's referring to, you know, you killed my friend. He's like, you made it even. You'd be foolish to throw away a promising career with God Corp over a paltry matter of principle. Paltry or poultry? Ah, I know, poultry. poultry. (laughs) Because it's it's a duck. (laughs) Well, and then Packer's like, you possess a strength of character, a killer instinct, while he was utterly lacking. And Duke's like, damn straight, sleazeball. And he bites his bonds, he gets out, and it looks like it's going to be packing time for Packer. Yep, because he packs him. And (laughs) 
He gets thrown into the press. He is squished. His shoes fly out. We've got a death on panel of the head of God Corp. And we get next evening in a plush Midtown eatery. It says, I've only glanced through the file, Duke. That's the lawyer. I've already turned up enough dirt to keep Procter & Gamble in business till the year 20, uh, 2000. <laughs> Ow. Uh, and God Corp in the courts for a year or two longer. And Duke is like, then let's knock one back for the little guy home. And he says, sniff, Cabernet Sauvignon, 65, the duck's got taste. And it says, Ned Packer's dead, but God Corp lives on. And though one small battle has been fought and won, the war has yet to begin. If you demand it, the destruction will continue in the future issues of Destroyer Duck. Write to Destroyer Duck of Eclipse Enterprises 81, Delaware Street, Staten Island, New York, 10304. We better write in so they do more yeah. issues. We want more issues. Okay. And that wraps up Destroyer Duck. Boy, we did a lot on the front Ooh. end. Yeah. A lot on the back end yeah. with the issue. So we're going to wrap it up here. But before we wrap it up, Greg, yes. I understand that last week I asked you if you could plug a project that had to do with something with space or something and kids. And yes. I don't even know if I got to say that. You said, no, no, I can't talk about it. But then this week, your co-author, Michael Tanner, posted it on the Internet. So you must be allowed to talk about it, right? We are. We had a conversation with the uh, the uh, editorial team as well as the uh, the publisher, and uh, yeah, we can talk about it now. So <laughs> yes, so you yeah. wrote a book called Absolute Zeros Camp Launchpad, and it's about it's about uh, a group of kids that go to a space camp and all the different things that they encounter while they're there, uh, the trials and tribulations of three misfits, if you will. Uh, you can go check out uh absolute zeros camp launch pad and get a like a full full nice little meet the meet the characters if you will uh you get to meet uh all of our main characters and uh you get to meet val pete and uh um oh boy why can't i'm i'm you put me on the spot and now i'm spacing on names mark uh and and meet all these kids these are our three mains and uh then you get to read a little bit about them but basically they are um three kids that uh they go to the space camp and uh they genuinely are um amazed by all the fun stuff <laughs> and you can buy a copy of well you can reserve a copy yeah, of this can, book for purchase on uh hashat right yeah, and, ha and like you go to, yeah. yeah, you can go to Hashet. Uh, it's put out by Little Brown uh, and Einhorn. You can also Epic. go to Amazon. Yeah, so uh, go to Amazon, go to your local comic book store, uh, Barnes & Noble. You can do that. You can do any of those things. If you go to Hashet, there's a list of all the different places that you can you can do that. If you put a pre-order... Do you know if it'll be available on Diamond? Uh, I don't know. I know we talked about that a little bit today, uh, but with the way that Little Brown is putting the book out, uh, because they are a, uh, this is their first foray in graphic novels. It is a, um, I'm not sure exactly what their distribution is like and how they're putting it out. So I, I don't know because they're not putting it out like a normal, like a normal, comic book if that makes sense so when we know we will tell yeah. you how to well, ask your local comic shop for it yeah but uh you can you you can put a you can put a reserve at target too um because it it looks like it might be sharing space with some of those those uh other fun uh middle reader 
kid books. Uh, but uh, if you have a place in your heart for movies like Space Camp and other things like that, then this might be your jam if you're an adult, because we definitely um, we definitely pulled from our our love for things like that when we were kids. So um, it's a. Uh, it's if you've read if you've read Junior Braves and you and you picked up on the Monster Squad and uh, and Goonies vibes, you'll definitely pick up on the Space Camp kind of vibes that we put into Absolute Zeros and the way that that book is created and the character development. Awesome. So, and I've been waiting for him to tell me about this for years. So, I didn't even get to know until it came out. So, I was in as much of the dark as the rest of you. But it is good to go. And and of course, Johnnily Nonnily, Johnly Nonnily, Johnly. Johnly, John, 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 Jonly, Nonly, Jonly, because he's 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 Joan, he's John, but he's on the Kickstarter. So yeah, on the Kickstarter. Yeah, we'll make sure you have a link for that too. So check it out. Check it out. We 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 plugged that one a lot last week. Yeah, but it's uh, we've got absolute zero. Yeah, so um, check them both out. Uh, put your pre-orders in for that. Go back. Chunli and Nunley, or or share it with your friends. Uh, and when we post up stuff about Absolute Zeros, share it out as well. Because you know, the more the more people we get doing pre-orders or just being interested in it. And like I said, Einhorn Epic Product, uh, yeah, Einhorn Epic Productions has uh, T-shirts and stickers available on their website for it. So get your merch, kids. Um, it's it's actually pretty cool to see a publisher wanting to push something like this uh, for for us because you know. It's 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 um, it's very nice. <laughs> yes, it is very nice. And yeah. I would say with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. But also, like we said, you can go out and you can get the Destroyer Death Graphite edition from Tomorrow's Publishing. We Do highly it. recommend that, too, because there's another great company that supports the comics industry. So we appreciate them. And with that, I guess that's it for today. But we'll be back with some more Destroyer Deck next time. So I anxiously await because I actually haven't read them. Greg's read a few more, but I haven't read any of them. So I am stoked to see it, what happens to God Corp and how Duke the Destroyer starts taking more people out. I'm just going to say it, it gets more bonkers than this this issue and this episode uh, as the book, as the series progresses. It is absolutely amazing. <laughs> well, it's hard for me to believe that Kirby art could get more crazy. So oh my God said... Let's get out of here and we will chat with you next time. Bye.